Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 275 are some of your requests. Just me and a curated, I was going to say random selection. It's not really random, but it's because I picked them. But there's no particular theme other than we've got a couple from the 80s, a couple from the 90s, a couple from the 2000s couple from the 2010s and one from 2020. They were a selection of tunes which have been requested by our community, canarince.com slash forum. That's right. Go to the Sound of Play folder, make your requests in there. And yes, we've still got a decent sack full to pick and play, but we always want more. And even better if you can give us a little backstory as to why you've picked it but if you just want to say i love this tune and i want everyone to listen to it that is also perfect now because i've picked these songs without any real thought i'm afraid you're just going to have to put up with my stream of consciousness waffling in the sense that i don't know too many of these tunes that well obviously i've listened to them when i was selecting them for the show but uh, there aren't too many here that i'm wildly familiar with I just thought we'd go for a trademark eclectic mix of genres and artists and origins. And you'll just have to put up with me kind of doing stream of consciousness waffle in between. We did have one Apple podcast review recently that suggested that there was too much talking between the music on the show. So maybe I'll try to keep that to a minimum this time as well. We open the show with Final Fantasy, the original from the Famicom, the NES. And then, of course, everything else. But that was the uh, the old chip tune, 8-bit version you heard there. That was requested by Blue All Day, who simply says, I love this track. There are a few tracks on the NES that can match its complexity. It sounds like a classical music composition made in MIDI form. It does an excellent job of placing your characters in a specific location. Yeah, amazing what Nobuo Uematsu could do back then with just the 8-bit chip of the NES or the Famicom. and Obviously, what he went on to do with 
increasingly opulent sound libraries and and technology was uh, well we've featured him so many times uh, his 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 oeuvre speaks for itself and uh, that piece obviously takes me back to our long-running series it it ran for two years of final fantasy podcasts and right back at the beginning of course we covered the first games and i was still uh, keeping up at that stage unfortunately i uh, kind of uh, the series got away from me a bit with the demands of all the other games that we carry on play but i've shouted out to them many times but they deserve it josh and leah were on i think every single final fantasy podcast all the way from one to 15 all the mainline ones and uh yeah what a what a journey what a what an opus that was what an odyssey some more jrpg next but a very different sounding piece from different technology this is requested by our friend retro clarence who says i've recently played through the turbo graphics cd version of east books one and two and with that red book audio yuzo kashira's original compositions really stand out there is so much good music in the game, but for this pick, I've gone with the theme from the entrance to the Shrine Dungeon. This really stood out for me for its melody, which adds to the mystical and mysterious atmosphere of the Shrine and that strange water drop effect used throughout. Yes, you'll hear that. No doubt it's not subtle, but it does certainly conjure up the image of some kind of dank dungeon that you want to dive in with your party and uh yeah we know there's a lot more people into east these days than uh in the west i mean than perhaps there once were uh so this is from the early days but from the pc engine cd version of east books one and two The arrangement there was by Ryo Olio Yonimitsu, 
And Yuzo Koshiro is the original composer prior to working on perhaps uh, some of the stuff that we know him best for Sonic the Hedgehog on the Master System, and of course, Streets of Rage, so on and so forth, Act Razor, many others. Now we move on to the 90s for our next pick, the mid 90s. And I mean, this piece very much sounds like a mid 90s platform piece. I'll hand over to Mr. Ixalite from the forum who says, During my formative platformer obsessed gaming years, Pandemonium was an early PS1 favourite of mine. Revisiting the game recently, I was curious if it held up, but like so many things tinted my nostalgia, I ultimately found it decent. It was a lot jankier than I remembered, even if the 2.5D perspective had a rough charm. But one thing that absolutely did hold up was the music. Burke Trishman's score is perfectly suited for the medieval setting, and I wouldn't mind hearing this particular energetic track from the Hollow Stairway stage performed at a folk music festival.
Burke Treishman there with Hollow Stairway B from the original Pandemonium by Toys for Bob. That game is released by a different company or published by a different distributor in every single territory. Crystal Dynamics in America, BMG Interactive in Europe and uh, IDOS somewhere else. And, uh, and EA handled the iOS version of Pandemonium. Don't know when that came out or how playable it was. I, rem- I associate that game with the PS1 chiefly, maybe the Saturn a bit. But yeah, there were also Windows versions, N-Gage version, and an, a, the sort of earlier mobile version as well as that iOS version going all the way back to 1996. I guess, you know, it had a following. Looking at Burke Treishman's list of credits for different games, uh, he was uh, in and around games from 1994 to 2000, uh, but only worked on 10 games during that time, including Pandemonium, uh, but has one credit from 2019 uh, where I don't know. This is interesting. His last credit before that was 2002, Toe Jam 3 Mission to Earth, which I think was the Xbox game, uh, sound effects and sound engineer on that one. And then he's credited on the much more recent 2019 Toe Jam & Back in the Groove as, again, a sound effects editor. So that's curious. Let me know more if you know. Now, more RPG, more JRPG, in fact. Uh, but this is, again, from the 90s and the PS1 originally. But actually, it's also a 2020 release on the Switch. I'll hand over to Richard, who says, I just completed Moon Remix RPG Adventure, the recent re-release of a 23-year-old PS1 game, which is now seeing its first localization outside of Japan. Although there are progressive elements which no doubt pushed boundaries when it came out, its obscure core mechanics, often unclear objectives, and an incredibly stressful in-game time loop that makes Majora's Mask feel like Animal Crossing by comparison, definitely makes the game feel its age. However, its pedigree of having been developed by former Square employees who worked on the likes of Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG, along with its citation by Toby Fox as being the spiritual inspiration for Undertale, was more than enough to draw me in, and I'm so glad I experienced this idiosyncratic cult classic. The greatest feature of Moon, according to Richard, is its soundtrack, an eclectic collection of dozens of tracks including jazz, EDM, dream pop, traditional Japanese music, and everything in between. Best of all, the player is given a moon disc player, which they can then use to build a soundtrack, freely skipping around and programming a set list of their own choosing. This track, I'm Waiting for the Night, was a regular on my playlist.
That'll be in your head for days. I'm waiting for the night with the slightly disinterested but psychedelic-ish, kind of trippy, spaced-out vocal. Uh, yeah, it really uh, it's it's the repetition of it and uh, the sort of the slightly muddy, murky old production. Uh, the track, well, the soundtrack for the game is is by multiple composers, so I'm afraid I can't credit that specific piece, much less the vocalist. But Hirofumi Taniguchi, Miki Higashino, Taro Kudo, and Masanori Adachi all worked on the Moon RPG by Love Delic, one of the great names for a studio. Uh, released originally by ASCII Entertainment on the PS1 and much more recently by the wonderful Onion Games on the Switch. If that has piqued your interest, despite Richard saying about uh, the the time loop being incredibly stressful and whatever else, it's had some fairly positive reviews. But yeah, it's definitely uh, a bit of a, a niche, obscure and unusual title. But yeah, look it up. Moon Remix RPG Adventure. Talking of deep cuts, well, this possibly, I mean, I i suspect maybe more people played this, but I don't know. This was a PopCap game, but not by PopCap. This is the uh, pre-EA PopCap. I guess PopCap still exists as a sub-label of EA. Do they, do they still have their name on the Plants vs. Zombies games that come out? That I, I, Search me. This was actually by Raptisoft Games. The game is called uh, Dynamite exclamation mark and it's requested by Spacefarer who says back in the early 2000s when everyone else was raving about their brand new PS2 I was still happily plodding along with my dad's home computer if I recall it had a nice AMD Athlon and one of the early GeForce cards inside and after struggling with its built-in Susie Linux I'd sorry Linux um, I don't know what that is it's something computery <laughs> operating system. Let's just say Linux operating system. He just gave up and stuck Windows XP on in, in on instead. Among all the crap free software and games I filled its meager hard drive with were a few games by a small casual games company known as PopCap. Let me tell you, King.com and their contemporaries have nothing on the majesty that was PopCap games. But before I get sidetracked onto the song in question, I've picked this tune from PopCap's very own puzzle bobble knockoff, Dynamite. It's called Amazonas, and it was written by Peter Hajba, or Hyber, or Hajba, also known on the mod scene as Skaven.
There you go, from 2002. That was the dynamite mix of Amazonas by Skaven, a.k.a. Peter Hajba. Hajba? Hajba? Excuse me, I do not know how to pronounce your name. (laughs) Uh, He also, Skaven, uh, made music for uh, games such as, yeah, uh, well, he interestingly worked on the sound uh, particle effects and character animation for Max Payne, um, but also yeah worked on Bejeweled and Bookworm Deluxe, some of PopCap's famous stuff. Returned on Max Payne two for again particle of particle effects and sound design, voice engineering, and then it was back to the uh, back to the world of PopCap for Bejeweled, more Bejeweled and Hamsterball and things like that, and then then back to Alan Wake. It's that that's it's. A very interesting sort of CV, diving between Remedy and um, and those sort of, yeah, what, what we call them, sort of casual um, PC desktop kind of games. Curious. Something very different again. Also from the 2000s. This is a Bond theme, but perhaps not one that uh, is often... Uh, featured in the canon of great Bond themes going back, you know, thinking back to the 60s and 70s and Shirley Bassey and uh, Tom Jones and uh, obviously John Barry, obviously that famous theme. But uh, yeah, this is this is from definitely sounds like it's from the era. I think this was late Brosnan or between Brosnan and Craig reboot time, I think. Yeah, 2004. I'm not a Bond guy. I, I When it comes to James Bond and other spy and those sorts of franchises like Bourne and Mission Impossible, I'm a bit like the people who just have no interest in, say, Star Wars or the MCU, whereas those are my things. So I try to use that when, when I'm feeling excited about something Star Warsy or Marvelish or whatever else, and uh, you know you've always got friends who are like uh, doesn't do anything for me. That's how I am about Bond and Mission Impossible and um, and Bourne. Really, I've you know I've I've seen a lot of Bond films. I've seen one Bourne film. I've seen none of the Mission Impossible films. I hear there's a lot of entertainment to be had, but yeah, for whatever reason, that whole that whole genre, subgenre, subject matter just it doesn't inspire me. Don't get it. Anyway, irrelevant. Uh, I do like some of the themes, especially some of the classics. I wouldn't file this in that category, but no doubt, like our uh, contributor here, Angry Kurt, it will bring back memories for many. Angry Kurt says, in my opinion, this was the last great James Bond game and had very high production values, featured an array of talents such as Pierce Brosnan voicing James Bond, Heidi Klum, Willem Dafoe, Judi Dench and John Cleese, among others. I struggle to think of a, fo- a voice cast for a game with as many high-profile actors. This theme song was sung by a popular artist at the time called Maya, who also played a character of the same name in the game. The song itself sets the scene perfectly for a James Bond game, and I always enjoyed listening to some of it each time I started the game up. So this is Everything or Nothing. You knew the score, but 
There's just so much more when you're caught in the rain. What is love without a flame? What's a rose without a name? What is pleasure without pain? It ain't nothing more than an empty space. when EA had the Bond license. It's been around a bit. <laughs> I can remember going as far back as, I think Domark were the first people I remember having the James Bond license. They did Living Daylights and License to Kill, I think. And obviously we had the uh, the rare Nintendo game. I think EA did grabbing all this off the top of my head we had uh, the world is not enough and that other game with goldeneye in the title Ro- rogue age <laughs> you can tell i don't google when i'm this vague uh or i try not to sometimes sometimes we cheat 
Uh, and yeah, Everything or Nothing by EA Redwood Shores. GameCube, PS2 and Xbox 2004. And of course, games like that, because of the licensing, never get released again. So yeah, it's down to tracking down the discs. Certainly if you're a Bond game collector, that would... I imagine if you're a Bond fan and a games fan, being a Bond game collector would be quite fun, even if a lot of them perhaps left something to be desired. Anyway, Everything or Nothing, yeah, that sounds like a 2004 Bond theme. Maybe slightly like a straight-to-DVD Bond theme to my ears, but (laughs) could have been worse. Could have been Die Another Day by Madonna. Next, we have... Well, here's one I do know and I do care about. I've been listening to a lot of these this couple they're not a couple uh a duo uh paper boats this will be by darren corb with the vocal by ashley barrett of course and uh deboyle dieboyle forgive me requested this saying simply pretty sure i teared up when this came in at the end of the game like so many of darren and ashley's end themes uh whatever the game now i can get emotional about the end theme from pyre bound together even though i've still yet to even play that game this one's from transistor of course it's supergiant and yeah 2014's transistor paper boats seconds march into the past moments just like that, they're gone. The river always finds the sea so helplessly, like you find me.
That game is available on PC, PS4, X... No, it's not on Xbox. See, my brain just went straight to Xbox from PS4. Didn't happen. No transistor, apparently, on, on Xbox One. No. You can get it on Mac, though. That helps. <laughs> and iOS, apparently. And it also came out more recently on the Switch, like almost every game. <laughs> uh, I didn't just I just didn't quite connect with Transistor in the way that I did with uh, Bastion and that I have with Hades. But it's making me feel like I ought to revisit it because I know for some people it's it's their favorite Supergiant game. But yeah, whatever it was, I still enjoyed it. It just didn't quite I just yeah I just there was something about the 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 sort of the 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 emotion of it was deliberately more aloof and normally I'd I'd definitely go for something like that but there was something about the the quite raw emotions of Bastion uh that that I got into and Hades is less about the sort of the feels, to use that awful phrase, and I don't know, it's uh, it's kind of sharp and witty and uh, it's like a kind of weird soap opera. Also, yeah, but just, I mean, I've got all Darren Corb, all his soundtracks shortcutted on my Spotify and uh, I like a lot of the instrumentals, but uh, it's always a treat to hear Ashley Barrett's voice as well. Check out those uh, concerts on YouTube if you like. There's an acoustic one from London and there's the full orchestra one from uh, PAX with Austin Wintry as well. Mentioned them before, but can't recommend those highly enough. Now, again, crashing change of genre, something we like to do. Thinking back to our rap and hip hop special, Kane and Rinse Sound of Play in can't believe it was number 130 and we're now on 275 i thought that was a recent thing turns out it's more than half the life of the show ago this could have been on that show but i'm pretty sure it wasn't our xanadu requests uh, it's refreshing to hear a rap song in a game let alone as the boss music for the final boss of a dlc expansion travis strikes again no more heroes already had an unnecessarily great soundtrack it's even more impressive than the the expansion this song comes from has some of the best music in the entire game when you realize said expansion is basically a series of fighting arenas with a time limit attached however it took me by complete surprise when i discovered the final boss's music wasn't some hard rock ballad, a symphonic piece, or even a grunge song, but a rap song with Japanese lyrics talking about how the boss doesn't want to be in their position in life. This song, along with the final boss theme for CrossCode, really makes me wish more game composers were comfortable with using other music genres in their soundtracks to emphasise tense or dramatic moments. Content warning. If you like to listen to Sound of Play in the car with your young children, this rap number from this uh i think it's a 15 or 18 rated japanese action game has sweary pops in it you may need to skip forward five minutes and if you don't here it is silver face B-O-S-S, until the fucking die, die. B-O-S-S, kara, mana, 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 yari. 
Young ears are safe again. Sweary pops have ended for this sound of play. There's uh, no vocal at all in the last song. That was Silverface from Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. You can now play uh, various No More Heroes games on the Switch as they've released the uh, the, the one and two for download. Uh, currently, maybe slightly expensive, I felt. Uh, not, not horribly so, like $20, £16 or local equivalent uh, but i think i'd have gone for that for the pair but i think that's each for no more heroes one and two we covered the original no more heroes on the podcast the wii version and the ps3 sort of hd version a long time ago i don't have the podcast issue number in front of me but you can seek it out on spotify or at the website canarince.com composers there or performers there dj Abo and DJ12. Thank you once again for all your requests. Do keep them coming in. Even if we don't do an all request special, we often stick some of your picks in here and there in the regular show. Sometimes we don't if we have a composer on or somebody promoting a record or whatever else. But in the regular bog standard sound of play format show, we love to feature your picks, your favourite tracks, your tracks that have a history to them, some reason why you love them. We'd like to hear about that. Or, and I've said this many times as well, if there's a track that you really don't like or has some, or you just think is really weird for some reason, we'd love to feature some of those as well. It doesn't all have to be beautiful music. It can be difficult, awkward, unpleasant music as well. We don't shy away from such things. Thank you, Editor Jay, for trimming my waffles. Keep those requests coming in, folks, over on the forum, as I say. You could even use social media, but follow us there on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, that's about it. So just remains for me to tell you about the final pick for this show. And this is from a pretty new game called Raise the Dead. That's R-A-Y apostrophe S, the dead. It's a pun by Ragtag Studio, currently out on PC and PS4, came out earlier this year. And it's a game with more than one composer, but one of the composers is a sound of play favourite. It's Jake Kaufman or Kaufman. Simon Sloth requested this one, a great tune to end the show with. Raise the Dead has a delightfully spooky soundtrack with Jake Kaufman among the contributing artists. I uh, kickstarted the game at the launch of the PS4 and it finally arrived just in time for Halloween. The track I've chosen is by Jake Kaufman called Party at the Graveyard. So yeah, check out the game. It hasn't had the best reviews, it has to be said, uh, for a game, you know, it's been, sounds like it's been uh, in development for quite a while, but certainly, if nothing else, check out the soundtrack and take this as a sampler from it. I think this will improve your day whenever and wherever you're listening to this sound of play podcast join us next time i imagine it'll be ryan for sound of play 276 and until then let's get down at the party at the graveyard <laughs>